book of Ephesians. We've been following along all this time and uh, seeing what Paul, what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. And boy, we can take courage. I, I have thoroughly enjoyed keep on going back and, re, uh, you know, just reading those words again. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Isn't that great? I just, you know, it's just so, so powerful, so powerful. And then he says, for, for he, chose, he chose us before the creation of the world. Wow. To know that God loves us so much that even, even before he created, he knew that, he knew that man would um, do his thing and enter into dealing with uh, Satan. But he had a plan. And he chose us before the creation of the world to be his. I am so thankful, so encouraged. Well, as we, you know, uh, throughout the letter, the apostle has been uh, describing for us the privilege and the wonder of the life that we have in Christ, as we have just reminded ourselves from a couple of verses there. He has, throughout this whole epistle, this whole letter, been challenging us to live in such a way that demonstrates that we are truly children of God. Not just, not just people of the kingdom. Every person who receives Jesus Christ as their personal Savior uh, is identified as a person of the kingdom. We are people of the kingdom. But as we go back almost four years ago, when we started our journey through the Sermon on the Mount, we realized that God has called us not to just be people of the kingdom, but to be kingdom people. People who are truly living in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ and the work that he has done in our life, to live, to line up our lives in alignment with what he has called us to be. He says and throughout the Sermon on the Mount, basically, my people are different. He says, you've heard it said, but my people are different. And Paul is reinforcing that throughout this letter to us, this uh, letter to the Ephesians. And so we're called to live according to, to, the, to the Word of God. And then from uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 on, he basically is challenging us, the Apostle Paul is challenging us not to live as we did formerly. Not to live as if we, be, before we became followers of Jesus Christ. He says, but he, he challenges us to be different different in every aspect of our lives, in such a way that our lives will reflect that we are followers of Jesus Christ. And so now Paul is coming to the end of this letter, and he's beginning to tie it all together. And he points out, he reminds us this, yes, we are in a battle. The war's been won. The war was won when Jesus Christ rose from the grave. The war has been won. There's still these skirmishes. There's still these battles. 
But there's coming a day when we're going to stand before him in heaven. And we're not going to have to deal with this anymore. But in the meantime, we are to remind ourselves that we are victors in Jesus Christ. So I'm going to read the context, uh, the verses 10 through 20 of Ephesians 6. But today I'm going to focus in on the first three verses, uh, verses uh, 10, 11, and 12. But it says this, Finally, in, in light of everything else that's been, be, been being said, he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And we heard through the song, then God whispered. We heard it through the word of the, spo the spoken word, through the, uh, through the prophetic word to encourage us that we can be strong in the Lord. We can be strong in his mighty uh, power. And then he goes on, put on the full armor of God so that you can uh, take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, Put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, Take up the shield of faith with, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So we're reminded that we are, we are in a battle. It's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual for, battle of, uh, against the heart and soul of every human being. And we're seeing it as a spiritual battle in our churches. We're seeing it as a spiritual battle in our communities, in our country, in our world. I decided to do something that was just kind of on, in the spur of the moment on the way in this morning. And I, I turned on the radio. Now, my radio, as you know, in my van does not work. So it was not the radio in the van, but I had my, I had my phone. And I just said, I pushed the button, I said, play the radio. And there was a talk show that came on, and it was fascinating what the, what the commentator was speaking about. Because a phone call came in, and there was this lady who talked about her son, and how her son 
about the age of, you know, he was basically shy and pulled back, but about the age of 18, went into his room and just started playing the video games. Pretty soon his room was kept dark all the time. And it, you know, just just constantly playing. Now he started off not so not so strong with the games, but he was hooked more and more and more, to where he eventually was uh, play, playing this video game that had to deal with killing everyone he could without being killed. And apparently it was online, and there was all of these people playing against each other. And just that darkness. Thankfully, this particular lady happened to be a believer in Jesus Christ and really began to work with her son. So the indication is her son turned around. We didn't quite get that far in the conversation, but brought up what's going in in our world today, and it's impacting even the church. But talked about there was one program, I I think it was on Netflix or or something like that, called uh, 13 Reasons. And I have no, I, I've never seen this, never heard of it before, but it was 13 reasons why I took my own life, why I committed suicide. And it was 13 people, and they d- talk about what, what this, this person did, what this person did, what this person, that person, and so on. And that was the justification, wrote this letter, 13 reasons. That was the justification that's the kind of battle that's going on in our, in our world today. Today, Another one, I understand, it's in its third season, shamefully. Something about stranger things or something. I, I'm not sure. You know, I'm driving, so I'm not, <laughs> I'm not writing this stuff down. But I'm going, wow, what's going on in our world today? And then we watch what's happening with uh, the young people, even in our, even in our churches, who are isolated, being so involved on this technology, playing the games, and just being totally distracted instead of being involved in people's lives. And so it's, it's a tool that I believe that can be very damaging. While it's a good tool in so many ways, it's a tool that is being used to destroy lives. And it's a, it's a trick that I believe that Satan is using. All of these different things to make us think that, you know, it's just not worth it and all the other stuff. But we we need to remember that Satan is the loser. He's the one who has lost the the war. Now, you know, but but there's one thing about Satan. He's going to do everything he can to take down everyone that he can. And there, the, the reality is, there is, there is uh, eternity. So we live in a day, we live in a day uh, more and more that our senses are, are dulled, dulled. I can't even get the right word, dulled. That we, we are, we're not even uh, aware of all of the stuff that's going on. And some of the stuff that may be even happening in our families that we're not even aware because it becomes so a part of our culture. It's a part of the way we do things and, and all, all the other stuff. So, you know, I, I'm looking at uh, just seeing Brother Ted here for a minute. I was remembering some of the stuff that took place in, in Greece. And, you know, a couple of my friends, when I raised a question, said, oh, that's just the way we do things here. 
And he said, I know that that's not really the biblical way, but that's just the way we do things here. But guess what? We are guilty of it as well. So keeping that sensitivity of what's really going on, keeping alert to that deception that would take away our closeness with the Lord Jesus Christ in such a way that no one, you know, people in our, in our uh, communities, they can't even tell that we are Christian. If they can't see something different in us, then we have been dulled by the uh, world system as well. So we should be able to stand out. And so uh, Paul is reminding us that every Christian is engaged in a spiritual battle. And that's what we're talking about today, our spiritual battle. But I, I saw someone else had used this word, suit up. And I thought, that is a perfect subtitle. We're, we are choosing to live a life that's worthy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? But we have to suit up so that we can live that life that's worthy of Him. So we're focusing in today on our spiritual, our spiritual warfare. And we have been called to suit up. Because right living does not just happen. That's why I believe that God in his wisdom and mercy gave us a couple of years ago a very clear understanding of why we gather together. But it's not just why we gather, gather together, but it's something that we would keep in mind every day of the week that our purpose as followers of Jesus Christ is to intentionally intentionally become followers of him who love him with our whole being and through him love others. That is critical. So there's an intentionality on our part. It doesn't just happen. And, uh, you know, that, that's frightening. But when we, when we look at this, we see throughout Ephesians that it being, in, being in Christ is the dominant theme. Did this thing shut down on me? Nope. Move it forward, please. <laughs> okay. Being in Christ is the dominant theme throughout the book of Ephesians. So when, you, when we stop to, to uh, well, let's just go ahead and re look at this. We're going to look at verse 10, a couple of points in verse 11 and verse 12. All right, so we're focusing in on our, our preparation, our provision, our enemy, our battle. Those are the four points that we'll be looking at in this particular passage. But in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. What's fascinating as we look at this particular passage, we see these same themes have been referred to time and time again in the earlier part of, uh, of the book. So in verse, um, chapter 1, beginning with uh, verse 
uh, 18. Actually, I'll go ahead and begin with verse uh, 17. Paul says, he keeps on asking that God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. And he prays that the eyes of the heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Wow. So he's saying, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. We have this mighty power available, the mighty power of God available to tap into as we are going through about the daily issues of our life. It's so easy for us to get distracted about what's going on in the moment that we forget that we don't have to be tossed back and forth. We don't have to become defensive, all of those different things. But we can rest in the fact that His mighty power is working in us. And it, it, it takes, a, it takes a, an intentionality on our part to keep that in mind. But see, we have this mighty power, and that is the key to our preparation, so that we can be ready whenever there is that surprise attack, and it's usually through another person, and sometimes it's through a person in the church but that we can be prepared to be strong in the Lord, that we can be prepared to be stable, to be able to stand in, in the Lord. Uh, this is the key, as I said, that if we know His mighty power, then we will be prepared. Our strength, Paul is reminding us, is not in our own ability. He, we develop in our character. Paul has challenged us throughout the epistle to develop, to become a stronger person, to be more steady, to be more stable in your relationship with Jesus Christ and with one another. We have that responsibility to grow and develop. But Paul is reminding us, remember where your strength is. It's not in your own ability. I am thankful for how God wired me. As I told you before, I, I'm thankful for that, uh, you know, these different tests that we have. So one of the, one of the uh, uh, tests is the strength finders. And it says, my first strength is that of being adaptable. Well, that's great because, you know, I don't get too flustered about a whole lot of things. But I must never depend on, on my own ability. Because... I get flustered. And as we've talked about, the freeway is one place to do it. <laughs> but so I, I have to remind myself that, you know, my strength is in him. I can stand up in his mighty power. I can face all the stuff that goes on in my life as each one and every one of us we have stuff that's happening. We have challenges. Uh, Hans is dealing with a specific pain in his foot. We have uh, housing challenges. We have all kinds of stuff that happens. But 
if we can take hold of that wonderful truth that we can stand in, we, we are strong. And we can be strong in the Lord. We don't have to be weak. We don't have to be needy or anything like that. But in the midst of all of this, we can keep that deep mindset of I'm strong in the Lord. It's not in my own strength. It's in the Lord. He is my power. He is my strength. And, my tr and I need to let my trust in Him, or be in Him, and knowing that He will give me the security and the confidence that I need to be on the winning side. I thought about if, uh, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. It says, since, then, uh, since the children have flesh and blood, He too shared in their humanity. We have a high priest. We have a Lord who understands. And it says, uh, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who, who, all, uh, who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. We are free in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then there's 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I love this. Picking up with verse 6. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my, brother, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always be giving yourself fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And as we saw in the last part of this closing thought that the Apostle Paul is giving, he says, pray also for me that I would not waver, that, you know, you know, Paul did not have it easy. Many times he was ahead of the crowd on the way out of the city. But he never wavered because he realized it was not the people. He realized that it was a spiritual battle. And so he kept on moving forward, step by step by step. And that's something that, through, as you can see, I've already read uh, Corinthians, I've read Hebrews. There's a, uh, you know, uh, yes, Corinthians was written by the Apostle Paul, so you, you would expect that he would have that common theme, you know, be strong in the Lord. But we had the writer of Hebrews reminding us. And as you read throughout the books, you read the Gospels, you read, you read what we just heard. Then God, then God whispered, be strong. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in His mighty power. But we have a provision. And that provision, yep, you're going to have to do it. That provision is the full armor of God. And basically what the Apostle Paul is reminding us is we need to have an attitude adjustment to remind ourselves that we are the Lord's and we have the full armor of God available to us. Because we're going to be called to action as we see in the second half of verse 11. But in the first part of verse 11, he says, put on the full armor armor of God. And then he gives us a so that. 
So have that attitude that you are clothed with the, with the armor of God. In fact, Ephesians chapter 4, I told you Paul, Paul is just really wrapping things up here. But in Ephesians chapter 4, beginning with verse 20, he says, you, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Talking about the people before, the sensuality and all the other stuff. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that it is in Christ, um, in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted uh, by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your mind, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in, in true righteousness and holiness. So Paul is reminding us, even in this prayer, to put on the full armor of God. Now the sad part is, there's a lot of Christians who put on the armor of God to make a great show. Look, I, I, I shined up the armor, it's shiny, I come to church, and I've got it all together. And the minute they walk out the door, they take the armor of God and they hang it up. But it's not designed that way. We are to, called to put off the old self and put on the new. We are called to put on the armor of God and keep it on because the battle is going on every day in every aspect of our lives, in our homes, in our workplaces, in our communities, over the air. You know, it's just happening around us all the time. We're in a battle and we need to be people who live fully in Christ, not just when it's convenient or when we're trying to put on a show. And that's the challenge that we have. But Paul, Paul tells us to live fully in him. And this is not, as we compare what he wrote in Philippians chapter 1, verse 27, we said this in our men's breakfast yesterday. It says, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. So no matter what goes on in our life, in our homes, in our workplaces and stuff, choose to conduct ourselves in a way that is worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then when, when I, well, yeah, then when I come to see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel. And here's the thing. It's talking about the fact it's not just the individual, but it's the call is for all of us as a community of believers to make sure that we conduct ourselves, not only when we come together, but wherever we are. Because we recognize that God has strategically placed us in various places. And, but we come together, we, that, that, that uh, uh, conduct is, is seen, but that same conduct is supposed to be seen outside as well. We cannot be two different people. We cannot be schizophrenic as Christians. And so he's calling us to live in such a way that we will honor him. So, you know, so there's that attitude. We're to put on our, uh, put on the armor of God once and for all, not just put it on when it's convenient. So I thought it was interesting uh, because uh, another uh, article I happened to see today is the Hebrew word zakah which means remember. But the 
Remember is not just to remember, but remember and act. And that's what, it, that's what we see the call to. We're called to remember and then act on what we remember. And so we're being, Paul is doing this throughout this Ephesians. Remember what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for you. Therefore, live in such a way that you are acting on what you remember what he has done. And so we see in the next part of the provision, uh, I, I keep on trying, next one, next one, Tom. <laughs> you, know, you know how you get trapped by these little tools and you just expect them to work all the time? And it, 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 it keeps you humble, right? <laughs> but anyway, all right, so the call is to act. And so we find in the second part after it says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand, that we can be stable, that we don't have to be worried about being rocked back and forth, knocked off balance or anything, but put on the armor of God, the full armor of God, so that you can stand, what? Against the schemes of the devil. And we recognize that, you know, it, it's happening, as I referred to the video games, as I referred to the, some of the TV programs, and then other things that are happening in our society. The schemes are there. The schemes are the trickery, the, the temptations that Satan would throw at us. The, now, you know, what's interesting about evil, it rarely looks evil. There's something attractive about it too often. But it's only after it accomplishes its goal that we realize the destructiveness of what that which looked good really was. And that's why we need to be really in tune and allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal to us what the Word of God is saying to us as individuals. It's going to be the, the same message for all, but there's particular areas where the Lord wants to work in our life every day, every moment. And that's what we want to stay on top of. We want to make sure that we're not being deceived by that which sounds good. I mean, you, you listen, to, try not to get political, but listen to all the politicians. And think through it. Think through it. What, what you know, both sides, what are they promising? And think through cause effect. How much of this that looks good will be destructive? Well, we can see the big picture in the politics, but what's going on in the everyday aspects of our life? What's happening in the workplace? Where this sounds good, but we deep down inside we've got this little break. But we say, man, but it, it looks like the best thing to do. And then we pay the consequences of it. The stuff that we do in our relationship with other friends. How many people have gotten, men and women, have gotten deceived, thinking, oh, this is so special, this is just something I really want. And then their lives are destroyed. Not just because, not their lives, but other lives. Evil rarely looks evil. 
That's why we need the full armor of God, so that we can stand, that we can remain stable, that we can make sure that we don't destroy our lives with that thing that looks so good. And so thank you, Lord, for helping us to stand in Him. And Paul reminds us once again in Ephesians chapter 2, he reminds us that what we were, and this is what we need to remind ourselves. He says, as for you, verse 1, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. So why would we allow that deception, that scheming, and all that to bring us into living in that dead realm? And so Paul is saying, you were, past tense, And that's something that I believe that each of us need to remind ourselves that's past tense. That's not who we are today. And he goes on. He says, and you used to live these things. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful natures, following his desires and thoughts like the rest. We were by natures of wrath, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace we have been saved. And you know, sometimes we just need to remind ourselves of that. I just thought of a, a thought just, just now. You know, sometimes in the, in the business training, they talk about writing your goals and hey, making them to where you can see them, having a little three-by-five card, three card, and you just have these words of affirmation, you know, to remind yourself of what you, who you want to be and all that other stuff. I think that we should write, uh, have a bunch of three-by-five cards. And the first place, the, uh, the one of the places we put it is in our bathroom mirror. The first place we see it, I have been saved by grace through Jesus Christ. I am no longer dead. So therefore, I choose to live as I'm alive in Christ. Wouldn't that be a great affirmation to wake up to? Or to get into, or have it on the dash in your car when you're on the freeway. All right, so. (laughs) Uh, I I love to refer to the freeway because we can all relate to that here in Southern California. But Paul Paul is uh, reminding us, hey, look, don't give Satan, don't give the devil a foothold in your life. Instead, stand. Be stable in the Lord. Be stable in your relationship with God and with each other. That's why earlier he said in, in a prayer in verse 17, I keep asking that, of, of chapter 1, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Oh, what a great Uh, thing to strive for, to know the Lord better, so that way we can be that person who stands in the midst of the battle. Which, of course, Paul then goes on, describes, please, the next slide. Paul goes on and describes that 
uh, we are in a battle. And what is that battle? He says again in verse, verse 12, he says, uh, uh, for we, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You know, sometimes we just need to remind ourselves that Joe or that Sue, can you believe what they did? And our natural tendency is to lash out at the other person. It's all their fault that I blew it. We haven't, we haven't made that argument before, have we? You know, I mean, it, 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 I'm responsible for my action? What do you mean? It can't be. But, you know, there's that natural tendency for us to put the blame on everyone else. But Paul reminds us, look, what's happening in the physical realm, what's happening with people that are even close to you, it's really not them that is the issue. Satan is in the background doing everything he can to disrupt. He's, he's doing everything he can to take away our effectiveness as followers of Jesus Christ. He can't steal our salvation. But he can sure make us weak, anemic, unable to have an impact upon anybody else. But we know that we are called to have a positive impact and that we're called to make disciples. We're called to be that light in a world that is full of darkness. Our lives should be so different that people see something different in us. And many of them are going to be offended because they see something powerful in us. But many will be drawn to Jesus Christ. But right now, I would dare say that many Christians drive people away from Christ because we're so focused in on the individual than what the real battle is. And the real battle is not the person. The real battle is what's going on behind the scenes. And so being the big person, we would begin to ask questions about what's going on, where are they coming from, and to try to understand. But while we're pray at the same time, we're praying. We're praying in the Spirit. Lord, help us to understand what's going on here so that we're not lashing out at them, but that we are being that powerful witness of the love of Christ to people who are hurting. And so it's not easy to think in terms of it's a spiritual thing. We are in contact flesh to flesh, and that's where we think the battle is. But Paul is reminding us it's much deeper than that. And that's a critical thing for us to, to keep in mind. So if we're having problems in the home life, if we're having problems in the work, workspace, if we're having problems in the community, you know, first of all, saying, Lord, what am I doing that might be compounding that? What am I doing that might be pushing people away from the gospel? And Lord, help me not to live as I was before Christ, but help me to live in the power of the Holy Spirit as your follower today. So may, may the offense that I am causing not be, be, not be because of the things I've done to them, but may the offense that I cause be because they see you 
so evident in me that there is that conviction that's coming from you. That's why we need to put on the full armor of God. That's why we need to stand strong in the Lord, in His mighty power. Because there are people that need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we need to be living it. All this, most of the stuff that happens in our life is because we're choosing not to live in it. Lord, help us to live in it. But remember, as you look at the Apostle Paul, you know when he's writing this letter? He's chained to a Roman soldier. And so as he's writing or dictating this letter, he's not saying that everything's going to be easy. But he says, keep that right frame of reference. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. So that in spite of all of this stuff that's happening in the spiritual realm that's influencing the physical realm and all this other stuff, we may stand. Amen? That's a powerful, powerful word of encouragement. So the Lord... The Lord is uh, reminding us to um, stand in Him, to trust in Him. Wake up. Open up your eyes. Be aware of the fact that you are in a battle. And so this, being aware of this and being aware of what Jesus, I mean, what, what Paul said uh, has happened for us, that by grace we have been saved through faith, not the stuff that we have done, not our own abilities or anything like that. It's the work that Jesus Christ has done. May we then keep that fully in mind and allow that reality to impact our lives today and the choices we make. You know, all this stuff that Paul went through, you don't see him attacking any of his captors or the people throwing, throwing stones at him, do you? No, he stood, he stood strong in the Lord. And so we need to choose to put on the full armor of God and keep it on. And he talked about the fact that we are, the battles are in the heavenly realms. Now some people think that uh, the devil is omnipotent, I mean omnipresent. No, he can only be in one place at a time. He's a created being. He's not God. But when it talks about the heavenly realms, it's not necessarily up in the third heaven. Heavenly realms and what we're talking about is the reality of life in Christ today. And the fact that we have that reality, that we are living in Christ, then we can recognize that He is working in that area as well. But we can make the choice. We can make the choice in the power of the Holy Spirit to stand, to be strong, to not give in, not become that person who is an offense. We're believers in Jesus, we are in Christ, and we have the strength for the battle uh, that's being waged against us by Satan. So I like what Paul, Paul said in verse 13. He said, and I'll pick up with this next week, therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after having done everything that you can stand. Amen? Amen. So as followers of Jesus Christ, let's make sure 
that we've got the full armor of God, that we can stand against the wiles of the devil, that we are not working in partnership with him, even in the church. May we be separate, not a part of his team, but a part of our Lord's team. In faith, that we can know, you know, uh, we can know that we can be strong in the strength of the Lord. Amen. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you for what you have spoken to us today and how important it is that we be people, children of God, that really stand out, not in an offensive way. I mean, just by virtue of the fact that we are your children, we're going to be off- people are going to be offended, but it's your spirit working in their lives. And so, Lord, I pray that our lives will be such that people will be drawn to you.